listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. cannot lose hope in the wilderness. We're looking at the book of Joshua. We're looking at a people who were wandering and wandering and wandering. And now they're on the edge. They're on the brink. They can see with their eyes the promised land. It's right there. And we have to remember, just like they remembered in that day, we have to remember that the promised land was not our idea. God's dreams for your life, God's promises for your life, God's vision, that's his vision when he created you. And he gives us a taste. He gives us a glimpse. He gives us a word. And he says, this is what I have for you. This is what I have for you. This is what... But if we saw it all at once, we'd be blown away. We have to take it one step at a time. How do you get to the promised land? One step at a time. Last week, we looked at the promise. The promise. We all have promises from God. Amen? Everyone here. Everyone here. We looked at the purpose behind the promise. The purpose that God wants to bring us into his destiny for our lives is to reveal himself to the world. He has a plan for each one of us. Now, our plan may cross paths. It may intermingle. It may be woven together. And yet, he has an individual plan and a plan for this local church and a plan for the whole world. He has preparation. After being a Christian for, I don't know, how long, 55 years, 57 years, I was four or five when I gave my heart to Jesus. I'm still being prepared. We all will be being prepared until the day we die. And yet we have a partnership. We're not in this alone. We have each other today, amen? Amen. We have God Almighty. And if God is for us, who can be against us? So we got to press in. we got to press in. One of my favorite places on earth, the Grand Canyon. I got to go there a few weeks ago, quite unexpectedly. And here's the path. Here's the path that we walked on. You see, the promise was that we were going to walk out down into the canyon and across to a place called plateau point what was the purpose I had never been to plateau point before you can see it if you look if you look to the very center there's a tiny little green patch there above the V and in the middle of that green patch is a trail and you can see the trail but what you can't see is the view that you can see from the end so the purpose was to see 
the river. We were going to the river. Now the plan was to wake up early, to put on our hiking shoes, went with my daughter, her husband, my grandson, Connie went. We all took down the trail. We all went down. That was the plan, was to get up and start walking. The preparation, we had our water, we had our food, we had our shoes. We could have been better prepared as far as what kind of shape we were in. And we had a partnership. We were all together in this. And so we had to press in. Now here's the reward as we pressed in, as we went, as we walked those many miles. This is the view we saw. This was what we walked through the heat. And we got to see the river. Now picture yourselves on the edge of that river. And on the other side, on the other side is your promised land. If you can only get across, you'll be to where God has been speaking for 700 years to your ancestors and you'll fulfill your destiny as a people. Last week we focused on God's words to Joshua. What were God's words to Joshua? Be strong and courageous. Anyone needed to be strong this week? Anyone needed a little courage to get up in the morning? Anyone needed a little courage just to go to work? Be strong. God's words to Joshua. We saw those words spoken to Joshua in the first chapter three times. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Why did God speak those words so many times? Because they were going to need it. They were going to need it. And you know, that wasn't the first time Joshua ever heard that. Go back to Deuteronomy. Moses, when he sets Joshua apart and lays hands on him and says, you're going to be the next leader. Ha, 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 ha. I get to go to heaven and you get to go to the promised land. You get to go to battle. You get to lead these people. <laughs> they had history. Uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, finally to Joshua. Moses said, I had the last four books. This is your book now. Moses told Joshua twice, be strong and courageous through the prophetic power of God. Be strong and courageous. And then God himself says, be strong and courageous. In Deuteronomy three times, before Joshua 1. In Joshua 1, three more times. And then when Joshua announces the plan to all the people in the first chapter, at the end of the first chapter, the people raise up a rallying battle Cry together in one, in unison. Be strong and courageous. They shouted to each other. So that's seven times. I wish someone before the year 2020 had shouted be strong and courageous to me seven times. Maybe before the tornado, be strong and courageous. Here we are. 
three months and it'll be a year. We're still working, we're still building, we're still waiting, 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 waiting. Joshua's people, when they were on the edge of the river, had been waiting, waiting, waiting. And then 2020 starts. We all had our visions. We all had our 2020. How clever, 2020 vision. We're all so excited. Didn't quite turn out how we pictured, did it? Here we are with masks on in church. <laughs> I decided this morning when they lift the mask rule, we're all going to wave them like banners. <laughs> we're going to ceremoniously all take them off. Raise a hallelujah. I heard a word this morning in the prayer room. God said, don't give up on 2020 because it's not over till it's over. I believe we're going to see the glory of God revealed in 2020. We are only a little over halfway through. There's a lot that can happen. But when we get to the end and when we see God move and we see the victory, we're going to say God did that because only God could have cleaned up that mess. This was not our vision. This was not our clever idea. This was nothing we did. It was all God. Because he takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. And you just declare that over your life this year. Be strong and courageous. And I want to tell you, there's a difference between, hey, be strong. Come on now. Come on now. Get up. Be strong. Rub some tough on it. Man up. Cowgirl up. Come on. Get back on the horse. That's not what it's about. That's not what God's saying. God is declaring, be strong. It's a command, but it's more than a command. It's a commission. It's a revelation. Like, be healed. Be courageous. He's saying you will be courageous. He's saying you will be strong. It's like when he says be holy, he's not just like, you better behave and just, you know, act a little holier. Uh-uh. He's telling you, this is what you are. And you are strong. And you are courageous. And you will do this in his power. Because in Joel 3.10, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power, my strength, my courage is made perfect and mature in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my own weakness, so that the power of God may rest in me. Does the power of God rest in you? Does it rest on you? If you're a believer, it does. You just got to walk into that power. You just got to acknowledge it. All right, let's read Joshua 3 together. This is the New Living Translation. On the edge. We're on the edge. 
Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove. Doesn't that sound nice to be camping at Acacia Grove? I'd be like, could we have a few more days in Acacia Grove, please? Okay, your word, your Bible may have a different word there, which is a Hebrew word, but I like the English translation. Acacia Grove sounds a lot nicer. They arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priests, lift up the Ark of the Covenant, lead the people across the river. And so they started out and they went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader. In the eyes of all the Israelites, they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps in and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the, of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarathan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Powerful stuff. Okay, so picture yourselves on the banks of a very flooded river. And on the other side of the river is the unknown. But it's the promised land that you heard so much about all your life. You'd like to be excited, but you just can't because you've been waiting so long and you've been walking for so long and it's just so hot, and you are so tired. And besides that, there's enemies on the other side of that river. 
and they don't want you to have your promise. Spies have visited a walled city in the distance. You've heard rumors of a gigantic warrior race beyond that. You know there are battles ahead on the other side of the river. But you can't go back. There is no going back. Going back would mean certain defeat, possible death, and at best, a return to slavery. So what do you do? You trust. You follow. You wait. And then a miracle happens. You hear shouts. You can't see it yet, but you hear the river is drying up. The priests have entered the water, and the water has stopped. And then it's your turn to move and to experience the unthinkable. You walk over the sand and the silt, and you hear the people cheering you on from the other side. You pass this golden box that's suspended from two poles between the priests, the box with the golden angels reflecting the sun, the sun that's been beating on you for 40 years. Before you know it, you've crossed over, and you have this feeling you're taking new territory. Now, the enemies are still here. The walled cities have yet to fall. The giants are out there somewhere. But now you have something you've never had before. You have courage. You have hope. You sense something you've not sensed ever before in your life. You are home. The promised land is suddenly something more than a dream. The promise is now within reach. So how did you get here? We're going to talk about four things very briefly this morning because we're going to receive communion. And tonight, we have a night of worship. We have a Sikh meeting here at 6 p.m., uh, meeting open, similar to what you saw with people speaking out words from the Lord and worshiping, and it's just going to be a great time. I really believe God's going to meet with us and continue what we've started this morning. So if you can come, come. But we're going to get through these four words. We have the code. We have the covenant. We have courage. We have the contact, conquest. First of all, the code. The code is the word of God. It's instruction in how to live, and more importantly, on how to please God. This God who rescued you from slavery and gave you a new life. 
All of us should be familiar with the code. As a matter of fact, you should be an expert from the time you're a little child onward. The code's not hard to decipher. It speaks to us on the surface. However, the more deeply you dive in, the more you find, you'll find not just the great Bible stories that we learned in Sunday school. You'll find types and shadows, hidden meaning. You'll find the New Testament and the Old Testament. You'll find the Old Testament, the prophets, the kings, the wisdom hidden in the New Testament. You'll find the story of Jesus interwoven from the Garden of Eden on. And you'll see the love and the patience of a very kind father who also, I got news for you, he's a loving God, but he has very high standards. He's got very high standards for his kids. Anyone here have high standards for your kids? You want them to live up to those standards. And if they don't, they're going to know about it. If you are a good parent, you have high standards for your kids. If you have a restaurant, you better have very high standards for that restaurant, or we don't want to eat there. Right? If you're in the military, you have high standards. You want to be a Navy SEAL, they're going to try to kill you. And if you survive, if you meet that standard, you can make it. But it's not easy, folks. It's not easy getting to the promised land. It's not even easy once you get there. Be strong. Be courageous. God has standards. And that's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good thing. All right. So the code is the word of God. It's the Bible, in case you didn't figure that out. Right? And God gave us that. He gave Joshua the books of Moses. That's all they had. And he gave more throughout history. We got the whole thing. Amen. The covenant. The covenant is what is described in the code. As a believer, you made a covenant with God. You made a contract with heaven that was guaranteed by blood. Back in ancient times and even now in some parts of the world, you make a covenant with someone, you slit your skin, you mix your blood. That means this thing is real. This means we are family now. Our blood is mixed together. This means if I break the covenant, I could die. It means you can come after me. We cringe in our society about that, but this was common knowledge when they wrote the Bible. And it's common knowledge in a lot of the world right now. Jesus guaranteed this covenant not with our blood but with his and our DNA spiritually 
is mixed with his. The old covenant was ratified by animal blood or sacrifices. The new is ratified with the blood of God himself who became human. And he called himself Jesus the Christ. You are called a chosen people or a covenant people. And by accepting this covenant, you agree to its terms. It's not just repeat after me this prayer. That's a way in. But once you get in, hopefully you heard there was a little more to it. We are a chosen people. You serve your master in this covenant, and he protects, provides, and makes you part of his family, the best family on earth. He's promised you many things, and some of these promises are fulfilled in this life, and some are fulfilled in eternity. It's amazing. You are a covenant people. And Joshua's people had to remind themselves, once they got to the other side of the river, they had a real object lesson in how to be covenant people. And you can read that in Joshua about their very painful reminder that they had a covenant with Almighty God. All right, you're going to need courage. You're not going to fulfill any of this without courage. Courage is what enables you to walk out this new covenant because it's not for wimps. You're not going to take the promised land by being a wimp. Courage enables us to walk out this new covenant life. It enables us to obey the code. And it enables us to obtain the promises. You will need courage to face enemies. You will need courage to take new territory by faith in your powerful Father. So just receive it. Be strong. Be courageous. We need it every bit as much today as they needed it back then. Their enemies were physical. Ours are spiritual, and sometimes we can't even see them. We're fighting an enemy that's very powerful. But courage tells us that God is more powerful than the enemy. And finally, the conquest. The conquest is obtaining your inheritance. It is coming into and walking in God's promises. God's kingdom in earth and in heaven. But just like Joshua... You have an enemy standing between you and your promise. Your enemy does not want you to get where you want to go. You're taking his territory. He's had it for a long time. He doesn't want to let go. We must at times face off with him and his powers. The good news and there's good news here today, folks. You're already guaranteed victory. You just have to fight God's way. 
You just have to walk it out in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the power of God Almighty. And the good news? You're not alone. You're part of an army. There are more with you than there are against you. You have all of heaven on your side. Remind yourself of that every day. Heaven is on my side. And greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And not only that, we're on your side. Look around you. We're all in this together. I got Gary Barrett on my side. I'm not going to lose. I got Ryan Miller and Shasta. I got Hinda. He'll pray up a storm. I got the IOs. If he gets tired, they'll take over. Look around you. I got Cheryl Barrett. She is not a wimp. She does not give up. Yeah, she'll take it on. We got the White family. Yeah, they know how to do battle. They've been through a thing or two. And they're still here to testify that God's more powerful. Man, I'd love to mention every name in this place and every person watching right now. This is no small deal. This is why we are in community. Because we all face battles of different kinds at different times. And I need you to stand with me. And we've got a wonderful, amazing prayer team. And they pray. They pray all week long. They've got a prayer app. They talk to each other. They talk to God, most importantly. They pray before service. They pray on Tuesdays. If you have a prayer request, go to the website, click on prayer, and you send it in, and they'll go to battle for you. Because we are in this together. Don't fight your battle on your own, guys. And don't be ashamed or embarrassed about your battle, because we've all been through things. <laughs> There is no shame. We'd all like to say, oh, I'm in victory 24-7. How about if I make it through this day, I'll be doing good. Some days are like that. Some weeks are like that. Some years are like that. But we're all together, and God's greater, and we're going to make it to the other side, folks. We're going to make it to the other side. We are together. We are in partnership with each other and with Almighty God. Now when we walk down to the edge of that plateau, when we walk through the canyon, Connie and my grandson, they didn't go the whole way. They accomplished their goal. They went back up. I said to my daughter and son-in-law, you want to go all the way to the end? Yes, we want to go all the way to the end. Every mile marker, do you want to go all the way to the end? Yes, we want to go all the way to the end. Well, the thing about the Grand Canyon is it's all downhill until you've got to turn around and come back up. Coming back up is not easy because you're already tired from going down. The adrenaline was back there. I see the river. Oh, it's so pretty. Yay, where's the helicopter? You've got to walk back up. And it was hard. And my method of hiking is go as fast as you can and get it over with. 
I hiked all the way across in a world record time, I believe, in 2008. But I couldn't do that because I wasn't alone. I had my daughter. I had my son-in-law. And they needed to do it in their own time. And if I had come up alone, Connie would have thrown me back over the edge and said, go find him. <laughs> so we walked together. And we made it to the top. The moon had come out. It took longer than expected, but that's okay because we made it together and we were still breathing and we saw some amazing things. And in my rush to get to the top the first time, there's a lot of things I missed. And those pictures I took, I took while I was taking in everything that was around me. So folks, yes, the destination is the promised land. That is important. But the journey is just as important. And who we're on the journey with is even more important. So we're going to celebrate our covenant this morning. Jesus gave us a remembrance. He, he took the Passover meal. And he made it personal. And he said, this isn't just about something that happened many years ago with, with a lamb and, and, and with, with, with a cup. And he said, no, today, 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 you are remembering that I'm about to give my life. I'm about to be that lamb. And so he said, do this. Let's look at the scripture. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it in pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And as often as you drink it, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. So the deacons are going to put out the elements. We're going to worship. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper in our families. And if you're joining us online, if you have a way to receive communion, we invite you to do that. And we thank you for joining us today. God is so good. Hopefully you can make it tonight at 6. Let's just pray together. Lord God, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you for your presence, that you are with us, that your presence the, the Ark of Your Presence, the, the Ark of the Covenant, that which symbolized Your presence with the people, stood in the middle of that river, and everyone had to pass by it. 
They had to go through your presence to get to the promised land. And today we know that we celebrate this covenant. We have your presence. We don't do anything without your presence. So now as we receive this cup, as we take this bread, we remember that it's your presence that we need for life. We remember your sacrifice. We remember that we are a covenant people. We are chosen. And we can be courageous because you make us strong. In Jesus' name.